Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. What up, what up, podcast listeners? Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick here with another interview for you today. I'm excited about today's interview. It's got a very different feel to the last couple interviews, um, which they all are amazing and unique in and of themselves. Today's interview is with a good friend of mine, Taya Silvestri. And and what's great about this, Taya and I share a, a common, what's the word I'm looking for? A common desire, goal, you know, feeling for marketing without the hype. And we, we talk really openly and honestly about this. Taya shares her journey as well as a big decision to shift from her previous brand, which was the word chef to story bistro and the reason behind that. So I really think you're going to love this. Just grab a cup of coffee or tea or whatever your beverage of choices and enjoy. I think you're going to be pretty amazed uh, at, at what Taya has to share with you today. And for more info on Taya, you can go to the wpchick.com forward slash story bistro. All one word. Again, that's the wpchick.com forward slash story bistro. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Kim to all the WordPress chick and welcome to another episode of the WordPress chick podcast where we have another fabulous interview. Uh, this one is fun and this is take two, <laughs> but you know, what's kind of funny about this and I'm sure you'll agree, Taya, is there is a reason that the first one didn't go because you're in a totally different space now. And I think it's really cool that we get to do this again. Plus, I love talking with you. Um, but today's guest is Taya Silvestri. And so that was my ass backwards introduction talking to my guest. <laughs> <laughs> Never dull. Um, and a couple things besides the fact that, you know, and I'll, I'm going to fill you guys in on where I met Taya. Um, but Taya's done a lot in, in this space. And, and this is online marketing and blogging and, and brand development. She does a lot of that. But what I, what has always inspired me about Taya is that she says what's on her mind and it's never, um, I love the word snarky. I use it too often, probably. Um, it's never snarky. It's, it's factual. It's, it's objective. You've taken a look back. And so I love that she's done that. And so I, I really wanted to get her on because we're going to have some discussions around that as well as some huge changes that she's made that a lot of people don't have, I don't want to say the courage, but don't think those things are possible. So Taya, this is my guest, Taya Silvestri. Thank you, Taya, so much for being here. I am so happy to be here. You know, I love talking to you. <laughs> that was probably one of the most circular <laughs> introductions I've ever made, but that's okay. <laughs> Thank you. No, you did a perfect job. Perfect. Okay, good. So before we jump in, so Tay and I met, it's so funny, we met at a WordPress meetup in uh, the San Jose area in Northern California a couple years ago, Tay. Um, yeah, a couple and, years now. Yeah, it's been a couple years. And it was funny because it was one of those that I, I've spoken at a couple meetups now. And it's always, to me, I just look at it as I, I'd like to pursue speaking some more and it's a great way to test it, but it's not necessarily my target. And it was just such you were such a blessing from that trek because for me to go to San Jose in the middle of the day, it's like an entire day. <laughs> I know you, you live far away <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it 
it's not that bad. But I guess when you have to pass hills and windmills, it feels like the middle of nowhere. Yes. Okay. So let's go ahead. I'm going to just pass this over to you, Tay. If you could just fill in the listeners um, as to what you were doing and how you got to your online business. So what's your background? What were you doing? Sure. Well, I've been doing marketing stuff for over 20 years, practically my whole adult life. And like most people, you know, you hear that common story of, oh, I got fed up with the corporate world. And so I decided to start my own business. Well, that's not really what happened to me, but it kind of is in a long, you know, roundabout way. I did get fed up with corporate. So instead of um, starting my own business, I went to work for a local government because I figured, you know, if I was doing something I loved and I was being of service, that, um, that that was enough. And the local government, the, the job that I had when I when I made that um, shift over was as a middle management kind of arts um, and culture, like the division of arts and culture kind of thing. So I was helping grow the arts in the, the city of Lodi. Oh, my California. gosh. Yeah. Well, that's and the middle of nowhere near me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it pretty much is. And. I loved that job so much. I excel, and because I loved it, I excelled at it. And after only um, a year and a half, they promoted me to department head. So I was like the youngest department head ever in the city of Lodi. Um, I think I had maybe barely turned 40 or just, no, I'm, I was still in my 30s, my late 30s. And so I had this multi-million dollar budget. I was running this community center, which was really the arts and culture performing arts center. It had um, a child care center. It had a senior center. It had a pool. It had, you know, 10 acres of park. <laughs> it was, wow. it was this huge thing. And I was basically, you know, taking that whole arts thing to the next level in the sense of it was now my job to um, put on and promote, um, big concerts and big events and conferences. And so it was definitely a marketing job, but it was government related. And because it was government related, I and because of my new position, I was then required to interface with the city council and all these other Uh. (laughs) non-profit organizations. And oh my gosh, it turned into a horrible nightmare. And I did that job for two years and decided it was time for me to go to the nonprofit world. So I went to the nonprofit world and I did marketing um, for a national nonprofit called Pride Enterprises and uh, Industry, sorry. And, um, you know, basically learned all about this thing called social enterprise, which is um, a model of nonprofit where you function like a business instead of a charity. And in that job, you know, we 98% of our of our revenue was earned income. So it really opened so many doors for me in terms of, you know, how I could think about what I did in the world and how I could help other nonprofits do the same. Then um, some things happened with my with my family and I had to go um, at that particular point in time, I was living in living and working in Northern California. And I had to go to Southern California to deal with some family stuff. And it turned out that I ne- I really needed to be there. So they allowed me to telecommute. So I worked from home and then I would fly up every once in a while and um, attend meetings. But um, after about six or eight months, 
my boss, who was the vice president of marketing, got fired or asked to leave, I should say. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they just this new person that came in decided telecommuting was not on the agenda for me any longer. And I needed to either move back or leave. Yikes. And at that particular point, I was like, I love being with my family. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I started my own business, because I felt like it was the only option that I had at that particular point in time. And, and I started, um, you know, with the idea that I would create a marketing agency for nonprofits. So it was called Social Good Marketing. I did that for three-ish years, almost four years. Um, I got really tied up in the idea of being good. You know, the name was in my the the word was in my my business name, social yeah. good. And so I felt like I everywhere I turned, I couldn't be myself. I couldn't be snarky if I wanted to be snarky. I couldn't say anything bad about anybody. I couldn't I you know, it was weird. <laughs> and also, um I had a client leave town owing me over $20,000. So it just kind of felt like it was the right time to to not be self-employed anymore. And Thankfully, one of my clients said, you know, we'd like to give you a full-time job, and and they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. So um, I worked for a – this was a, a nonprofit slash government entity called Women's Economic Ventures. So in my job there, I developed curriculum, and I trained other teachers on how to teach adults how to write a business plan. So it was very cool. You know, I was doing what I loved. <laughs> but yeah. I was, getting getting paid for it and um, on a regular basis, which was nice. And then I met Mr. Perfect and he lived in Northern California. So <laughs> I moved away and, you know, he basically said, take your time, figure out what you want to do. And, and um, in that time I started blogging again just for myself. And that blog still exists, even though I don't blog on it very often anymore. It's called whole hog marvels. And the point was, you know, that, I just wanted to celebrate life and food and travel and all the good things that we don't do enough of. Or take the time to celebrate when we do them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in that space of cooking and eating and enjoying life, I really, you know, I had this like epiphany that I would never be a chef in a, in a restaurant because that's just too hard. I'm not <laughs> cut out for that kind of work. It's okay. I won't be a but. chef at my house. So go ahead. <laughs> I love to cook. I just don't want to cook all day long yeah. and I, you know, and be on my feet that much. Um, but I, I did feel like I was a word chef because I would, you know, my ingredients were words. And so they, that was the, the impetus to start my business up again and to, um, really help, you know, to do the teaching instead of creating an agency where I would do the work for other people, I would teach them how to do it. And so that's what the word chef was about. Okay. So I want to back up a smidgen. Um, I just made that word up smidgen. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think so. I think that's a real is that word. A smidgen is a word. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Look at that. Pulling the thesaurus out. So <clears throat> a couple things though that I picked up on him with that is first of all, is that you, you could have actually looked for another job though, right? When you were told you couldn't telecommute. So there was something in you that said, go do this yourself. Well, where I, w where I had moved to in Southern California, the jobs that I would be qualified for, I was way overqualified for 
most everything, I would have had to have driven to Los Angeles. Which yuck. Which yuck. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, but still, I mean, there was something in you that was like, well, I can do this myself. Well, yes. And actually, that wasn't the first business I'd ever started. Because when I had just um, a year out from giving birth, I started a business, you know. Oh, that's right. I was still married. And, and it's unfortunate. I often don't go back to that story just because it's kind of sad. Um, but starting that business in my very early 20s was kind of what led to me getting a divorce. So... <laughs> Interesting. But, you know, I, I'm one of those, you know, trust the path and Mr. Perfect's here and the world gets you via the web now. Yes. <laughs> okay. So because your current business is not the word chef, tell people a little bit about what the word chef, you know, I know the site's still there, but you know, kind of what that was about, what you did there. And then let's get into the transition you made over this last year. Yeah. I think what's important to remember um, and and share with other people is that branding is not a once and done thing. You're going to evolve. You're going to grow as a person. You're going to grow as a business. New ideas are going to come to you. And it just is never going to stay. Like you might have the same brand for a year if you're lucky without changing anything. But I would say that most businesses are going to change and grow in some capacity. The Word Chef originally started, my, my original idea about the Word Chef was that I would teach people how to create WordPress websites and write the copy for those websites. Thus, the play on Word. <laughs> so, right? So, what I found after six or eight months of that was that even though I'm, I've got mad skills where WordPress is concerned, I knew nothing <laughs> compared to what really other WordPress experts know. And more importantly, I didn't really care to learn anymore. <laughs> right? I think there's this thing where WordPress is so easy to use. It's kind of, um, you know, it, it, it teases you a little bit. So unless you like code, you know, that whole, there's that tagline for WordPress that code is poetry. Well, guess what? <laughs> it's not poetry to me. <laughs> and I didn't want to learn it. Ditto. I hit a point where I was like, Ooh, should I learn PHP? I'm like, no, that's, right. that's not my gift to the world is I, I, you know, forget it. So even yeah. as the WordPress chick, I said, no, I know what I know. And I know what I'm good at. I don't want to know PHP. I don't want, right. I, I can go in and copy and paste code snippets. There's no desire for me to do that. So I hear you. Exactly. So I, you know, my original logo was even based on the WordPress logo. So I went through this, this whole kind of refresh and rebranding even a year out from starting the Word Chef to shift away from doing WordPress sites for people and, and teaching them WordPress. Mm -hmm. Um, and it kind of morphed into more of general marketing help based around, you know, your messaging. So it started with branding because um, if you don't know who you are and what you want to do, it's really hard to market it. <laughs> super, super hard. And so I, I began with um, with a class called Find Your Secret Sauce and had have built that up into what I'm now calling the origin story sessions for, for Story Bistro. Okay, which brings us to this next thing. But before we talk about Story Bistro, you 
also consciously made some big personal decisions in the last year that were also partly driven because of what you want your business, how you want it to look in your life. So yeah, can you share that story? Yeah, it, you know, I was living in, in the Bay Area with Mr. Perfect. And um, we when when I moved in with him, the agreement was that we would be leaving California within a year or two. Because he didn't want to leave, he didn't want to live in California long term. There was no way we could afford to buy a house in the Bay Area, and it just didn't seem like a sustainable thing. And he hated his job, so it was like a no brainer. Okay, we're going to make this plan and we're going to leave. <laughs> so when I moved there, I didn't really go out of my way to make friends in the area, and it's lonely enough working from home by yourself, let alone not having community around you. Now. I I felt like it was a conscious choice because, A, I wanted my business to be location independent. You know, my first iteration of social good marketing was totally local. I mean, it was just like I did the county and that was it. I didn't go outside. And so when I started The Word Chef, I, I knew that I wanted to create something that was location independent where I could teach people wherever they were. I could do my, all of my classes online if I wanted to. And so that's what I focused on. But after three years, it got to the point where I was going crazy. And so I said, you know, what's on the short list? We'd been talking about it for a couple of years. And it was Portland or Denver. Portland or Denver? We went back and forth, back and forth. And I finally said, you know what? I'm going. <laughs> well, and you also made a trek to Detroit. I did. I even went to Detroit because, good Lord, did you know they're selling houses for like $1,500 there? <laughs> and I thought I could afford that, but um, it was really sad and also very cold, I hear. <laughs> so. I, it's so funny when you have you seen that thing? And I, I don't like what's the image on Facebook. It's like my favorite part of winter is watching it from the couch on in California. <laughs> Like on TV, right? And it's you realize that there's the West Coast. It's like, okay, you know, there's a reason I pay what I pay where I live because the weather's nice. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, Portland, they say, oh, well, the winters don't get, you, you know, it doesn't really get below 35 degrees ever. Well, guess what? It got down to like 17 during oh. the day when we were having those. And and I was not a happy camper. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely missing my my guy. You know, we've been, we're keeping in touch and the, his, the plan is for him to move up here next month, Ooh, finally. So good. we're making progress there, but it is hard when you're by yourself to keep warm, <laughs> you know, you <laughs> only wear so many socks and, um, the heater here is just a wall heater. So it's not, um, it's not. Well, th- that was a huge decision. Cause the other thing is Portland has, you know, in terms of, supporting what you do in community. I mean, you've connected with a lot of people up there, haven't you? I have. And that was mainly because I knew most of them already from, from Facebook and social media. So, um, and, and it's not like I'd never been here before either. I mean, I've been coming to Portland all my life. You know, we, I have actual cousins and, and aunts and uncles who live here, even though I haven't been in touch with them most of my adult life. We used to come up here when I was a kid almost every summer. And, um, you know, I've, I've been here as an adult several times. So, well, still, I think the, the, the takeaway that I'm hoping people get from this is just that, I mean, that takes a lot of courage 
to just say, I'm going and not having a place before you got up there and then had to find a place. Um, and then to reach out to these virtual friendships and connections that you had and make them real friendships and, you know, and meet in person. And I think we're at a point too, with the, the social connections and whatnot that we have, that they are real connections when you can take it to the next level, then great. But it, to me, it's it still takes a lot of, of courage <laughs> to do it. So, well, de- I mean, you know, definitely, I had to get to the point where um, the pain of not going was greater than the pain of staying, and it was really hard to leave Ira. You know, I didn't want to do that, but I knew that if I didn't start to build my life, and you know, because I felt like I'd been in in limbo for three years because we weren't we weren't doing anything that I was going, and I'm not a young spring chicken anymore either. Like, you know, when you get to be our age, you got to get off the pot. (laughs) It could be over tomorrow. Who knows? So Yeah, well, tomorrow's promise to nobody, but I get it. You know, there comes a point where like, I want to make this happen. And, and because we don't know what the future holds, it's like, do it while you've got the energy and the drive and the, you know, and the desire. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. I mean, I know that in, in maybe 10 years, or less, my mother or my father may get to the point where they need me to quit what I'm doing and go help take care of them. So, yeah, I just keep telling my parents we're going to trade houses. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I, you know, I'm like, I'm counting down the five, five and a half years. So I'm out of suburbia, a little more freedom. Kids are off in school, but my parents are kind of up in the mountains. I'm like, okay, you need to be closer to Kaiser. So I'll go, we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll flop and I can, anyways. Okay, what I want to talk about now, though, is Story Bistro, because here you had you built up the word chef, you had this brand, you were, you know, people knew you as a word chef. And personally, having I, I'm not, you know, leaving the word press chick behind, but making a choice to step into my own personal brand myself, I know how scary that can be. So talk mm-hmm. about the decision behind Story Bistro, and then tell us what it is. Good. Well, I had a lot of conversations with people about um, you know, because they would ask me, what is the word chef? What does that mean? The, I think you're much more than a word chef. You do all this and you do all that and blah, blah, blah. And so like for the whole, almost the whole year of 2013, there was a lot of identity questioning kinds of things going on. Like you mentioned, I had the marketing snake thing. I mean, it was the year of the snake, right? And snakes um, are symbols for transformation and growth. Basically, you know, I, I had gotten to this point, which will play into our other conversation coming up here in a minute, um, where I, I didn't want to be part of the whole internet marketing thing. I was done with um, helping people be- with best practices. And, you know, there's just so much marketing stuff. If you've been in the, if you've been doing it all your life, like I have, where you just get to the point and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's not the... Corporate marketing, you know, I went from corporate marketing to really the nonprofit world because I felt like that would be the better choice. And then when I was in um, nonprofit, it kind of got a little weird because there's a lot of people who say they're good and they're not that good, <laughs> right? So, so that made me want to change again. And so then I started doing the online thing and I, and I got sucked into the online thing and I saw all the hype that was happening and and I didn't want to be a part of that either. So it's like, okay, do I want to even do marketing anymore? Because <laughs> it seems like there's nowhere left for me to go, you know, in terms of, of marketing. So 
Story Bistro was really a way for me to kind of redefine what I wanted to do in the world and really focus on what I love, which is the storytelling part. And and that's why I didn't really think I was done with the whole food metaphor because I could go on and on forever with that. So that's why, you know, I'm still the chef. I'm just over at the Story Bistro now. Well, and you know what's interesting? The Story Bistro, just the one, I love the name of it. Um, and not that I didn't like the word chef, uh, but I think Story Bistro, it's simply inviting. The sound of it makes you want to hang out. I think it's great. And it's another thing that takes courage to go, okay, well, this is who I've been and what people have known me for. And even for somebody who does this stuff, I, I don't pay attention. Somebody said to me the other day, like, well, how did you get a high page rank on Kim Doyle already? And I'm like, what's my page rank? I didn't even know. <laughs> I think it's just because I've had the domain name for a while. Um, but, you know, it's like, it's tough to leave that stuff that's established and you've got links and you've got all this. And it's like, Hey, everybody follow me over here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's a lot of questions to answer. Cause I, you know, I was like, okay, so what am I going to do with all my word chef content? Should I take it all and move it over? Should I leave it there? You know, what would, what would be best for, for me and for my readers? Um, I mean, ultimately I decided to leave it there because when I looked at most of it, it, it really didn't apply to storytelling per se. Mm -hmm. There's a lot about marketing, marketing, re, you know, market research, social media, um, copywriting, and not that that stuff isn't necessarily, wouldn't fit into a storytelling thing. It just, it really was more of the old traditional marketing stuff in my head. And so I, I felt like number one, I didn't want to have to do all the freaking 301 redirects a. <laughs> and B there's I mean, an easy way through HT access file, by the way to do that, I but go know. ahead. <laughs> See, that's the stuff I really, you know, you say it's easy, but every time you open that HT access file, I mean, I'm just like on pins and needles. Cause that, if you break that, you're done. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I know. So, um, no, I, I thought, you know, I'm going to start fresh because I needed to also, you know, I didn't like the way I was doing my links on WordChef. I didn't want to duplicate that. Yeah. So my links are different and the structure is different and it's more simple. So well, and there's this, something. sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say this. It really allows me to kind of start fresh and grow something new organically that way. That's all I was going to say too, because there, there's a freedom to that. And, and I, I think if, if, People take nothing else from this, which there's so much value. But where you were saying earlier that the reality is, and hopefully you're going to grow and change and and want different things. I mean, if if you're still you're not Coca Cola, right? Right. <laughs> and Coke tried to innovate at one point and it kicked him in the ass. So, but they tried it and yes. they could afford to lose it. But but the thing is, as as an individual entrepreneur, or small small business, it's like you need to be growing, especially with something that's revolved around online technology because it changes so fast. But, but the thing is, it's like I, when you were saying that I thought about, it, I'm like, God, with even with the WordPress chick to now I've gone through five site revisions from a completely an original look and brand to what it is today, incorporating my name. And mm -hmm. then, and then I hit a point where I'm like, I love WordPress. That's not all I do either. It's not what I want to do. And there's a freedom and a freshness and the ability to be myself on Kimberbell.com, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, I don't have to worry about that. But what's key too is 
is where you're talking about the story piece. I friggin' love it because over the last year, how I saw my business explode is because I, I had to just kind of like wipe everything away and say, I don't care what this person says, what this person's doing, which will tie into the next part. But I'm like, I just got to be me. I, I just have to be myself because I'm going to show up. I'm going to engage, but I'm just going to be myself. And it's through being me and sharing my stories and experiences that my business took off. Truly. Yeah, no. And I keep telling people that and they're also afraid that, you know, well, I have to be professional. This is a professional website and I can't be talking about myself. And it's not that you're talking about yourself. You and I are talking about what I'm going through, but we're talking about it in the context of what someone else might learn from it, right? We're not sitting around going, you know, bitch, bitch, moan, moan. This is what my life was. Right. And I'm not talking about going to get pedicures on my website, right? Unless, unless. Exactly. It's not, unless it's relevant to unless the there's point a, exactly. you're making. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, in I fact, to... I'm writing a blog post right now about cooking rabbit and it's totally relevant. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. You know, what's funny is I had an experience last night with DirecTV, whom I despise and will be out of my contract in seven months. So how's that for a public outing? Um, but it was funny because I thought I, this is a great way to, I'm going to write a post, how not to be DirecTV when you're engaging with your audience. And, and it's funny because I tweeted about their service, which is 24 seven and could not get anybody on the telephone. Wow. Kept getting it. Sorry, call back during, I'm like, this is 24 seven support. I tweeted it. I have someone from Dish TV say, hey, you should come over here, right? <laughs> I'm all, well, if you can buy me out of a contract. Anyways, the whole thing is that was a personal thing. And, and I tell my clients all this time, I'm like, everything is a blog post. If you can find that little lesson in in that story about don't be direct TV mm-hmm. when you're, doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes or screw up. Just own it. It's okay. Be real. Yeah. And when I've done that with my audience, when I'm like, this sucked, and, and, or I tried this and it, I totally fell on my face or guess what? I tried this and it blew up in a good way. And I'm so excited about this. People are like, good for you. They, they connect because I'm not afraid to, to, to be myself and, and share you're a human being. That's why, I mean, nobody, you can't relate to somebody who's perfect. Oh, we can't, we need to relate to human people and human people have flaws and they're much more interesting when they have flaws. So Okay, yeah. so totally. And it's on the new site when I was writing, because it's for me, a lot of this journey has been about finding my voice and people who know me would never think that I'm shy or hold back. But I, I never really wanted to rock the boat. Not that there's a lot of boat rocking to do in the WordPress community. <laughs> um, but oh, no, there is. Are you well, kidding? <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, well, get, okay, well, that's not pure code. And why are you using a plugin when you can do that? By I know. I know. <laughs> Whatever. Who's making money? Who's not? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. So when, when I was doing this whole find your voice thing, you know, I realized the people that I was drawn to and what was pulling me are not the ones who were constantly sharing the beauty of the fabulousness of their life. And I think I phrased it in terms of they look like they walked out of a Pottery Barn catalog all Mm -hmm. the time. Life is always a perfect presentation. I'm like, you don't shit rainbows. Come on. This is ridiculous. Yeah. it. Those kind of sites are fun, like to visit once, but that's all you need. You don't need to go back for more. Or even watching how people engage socially, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's a way to, there's a difference between personal and private. And you can share the personal that shows, 
you know what? You had a bad day. It's not always about, you know, private lunches with your zillion dollar coaching clients and shopping halls and perfect vacations. Those things are wonderful. Celebrate them, but show me you have a bad day too. Once in a while, that, that's all. Just show me I can relate to you. Yeah. Okay. So with this whole internet marketing space, um, because we've talked about this offline and it, it's tough because I think for myself, I'm really like my mission this year is to show up, right? My, my sort of theme for Kim Doyle is just show up, show mm-hmm. up as yourself. And that's what I would like to see other people do. Don't worry about whether someone else has said it's a scam or it's not pure or, you know, that you have to provide, you know, I value, value. I get it. I love that. I don't do something if I don't think it's going to be helpful. But the point is you also don't have to give away the farm. You also get have a right to charge what you're worth and mm-hmm. to ask for the sale. And mm-hmm. to me, there seems to be such a disconnect and there's so much noise around this. You know, I just, you know, what are your thoughts and, and how do you feel about this sort of different camps of, of internet marketers are slimy? Although if you're marketing online, you're an internet marketer. I don't care what camp you fall into. Yeah. <laughs> you're a blogger, you're social media, you know, so just, I don't know. Let's well, I think when, what happens is we all see so much of it that we start to notice the patterns. Humans are really good at noticing patterns and we're really good at finding, you know, like one person does it this way and then the next person copies them. And before you know it, it's a system, right? And that, and because it's a system now we are, we are suspect because of that. So what happens is you have all these people selling their, their, um, maps, you know, their, this is the, their blueprints, their recipes, their whatever is a system that they've developed that worked for them. And while I think that they, those kinds of things can be very helpful in terms of teaching somebody something, if you rely on the system that somebody else developed and you don't try to tweak it and make it your own, then you're just going to set yourself up for failure. But what happens is, like you said, you know, so many people see that we've been talking about this now. And I've been one of the loudest voices that says, you know, if you mention six figures in your marketing, my brain turns off. I can't help it. It's not that it's bad to make six figures, but that kind of marketing makes me immediately go ick. So I think that's what's happening is people, very good people, very well-intentioned people, very honest people have been using systems and terminologies and things that they know are going to get people's attention like six figures or here's my blueprint or whatever. And that's not to say that they're a slimy internet marketer by any means, but what happens is, you know, the rest of us who have become accustomed to seeing that then automatically have this knee-jerk reaction of, ugh, <laughs> you know. And so we jump to the conclusion of they must be slimy. Or I heard, you know, and and we are. We're all very paranoid now that we're going to get scammed. So I, I read reviews, you know, before I buy. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to do that necessarily in terms of trying to Google reviews on somebody, but I will ask, you know, like in my groups, before I invest in something, I will look and see what other people are saying because testimonials and reviews are helpful. But um, ultimately you have to check in with your own gut and say, is, am I resonating with this person or not? Um, I, I invested in some, you know, some not 
some kind of pricey coaching myself recently. And I'm, I'm very happy with the person that I'm paying money to. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily continue it because I'm getting, I think what I need and I don't think I need it forever. Right. Well, ideally a coach isn't doing their job if you're in their exact same program forever. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like a job. You, you're the, the boss that you have at a job. It's their job to get you your next job. Mm-hmm. And if they're not doing that, then they're not a good, bo- a good boss. You so. know, the thing that hit me too with that, like when you're talking about the six figures, because when I first started my business, I invested in a coach and I, I want, it was over $5,000 and to just be starting it was huge. And it was an expensive lesson because to have someone just tell me, pick a niche that's going to make money and do that. It was just right. And, but I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I, I think more responsibility needs to be owned by the individual because I, I look back and I know Big things are coming for me this year, whatever that looks like, even if it's just connecting and stepping into a new brand. But the thing is, there is no way I could be doing this had I not been through the last six years. Right. And, I, and, and so I think the responsibility of, of the entrepreneur or the solopreneur or whatever is are, really, are you ready to do those things and to show up as that person that wants the hustle and whatever that looks like? I don't mean that scammy, but it takes a lot of work. I, I mean, I've hit a point where I can't write a blog post under a thousand words. And I linked back to the first <laughs> post on the WordPress chick. <laughs> it was so funny. It was like, not even 300 words, paragraph, no images, no links. And I was like, that's funny. And it wasn't, you know, being harsh, but I didn't know what I didn't know. And and so now the idea of, you know, it's like, I feel like my content creation skills are so much stronger. My muscles are stronger. And so I'm ready to do those next things to take me to the next level. And yeah. so, you know, I think with all of this, it's just look at what, trust your gut, just what you said, trust your gut. And don't, don't look for the, the negative reviews. Just see if you can be that objective. My aunt always calls it look like Spock, right? Mm-hmm. He's sort of emotionless and Spock looks at things very pragmatically and did it, you know, and weigh it. And, it's just, to me, there's so much noise now around what's good, what isn't good. I'm like, just freaking get quiet. See where you're at. Do you have the time to do this? Do, do you, the way that a program or a person works, does it fit with your lifestyle, with your business? I mean, all those things. And it seems like mm-hmm. people forget that responsibility for themselves. That's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes the marketing overwhelms people and they, they get sucked into the, and I, and I don't want to call it hype, but it is a promise that, you know, this, this thing, whatever it is that they're selling is going to solve all their problems. And everybody wants the magic bullet, you know, they, they really do. And I'm not one to say, I don't want one either. <laughs> it would be really nice. But the, the reality is there's no such thing as a magic bullet. And when people, promise you that this thing is going to blow your business up or, you know, in terms of good, good blow up, you know, like if you do this thing, it's going to be huge for you. Well, maybe it will and maybe it won't. It depends on if you implement well, (laughs) it depends on if your values are in line with what this thing is. So 
you know, a lot of like uh, one of the things that I like to um, tell people about in terms of an example of this is when I was first getting, you know, the word chef off the ground. One of the things I found on Facebook was this thing about 10,000 fans. Right. And you've probably seen it where oh yeah, the guy's teaching you how to get 10,000 fans on Facebook. Well, he's got the system and it's, you know, so easy to implement and blah, blah, blah. And I signed up for it and I, I watched what he was doing and I was like, hmm. So basically you're creating these Facebook pages that have nothing to do with your business because you're attracting people that like that thing. And then you're going to market your thing to them on that Facebook page. I mean, it was like this really... Yeah, I could see how it would work. And it's not necessarily necessarily a slimy thing, for sure. But it just felt kind of like backdoor to me. And it didn't, it didn't jive with my values. And then I started to think, well, what? So 10,000 fans, if I even if I had 10,000 fans on a, on a totally non business related Facebook page that I could leverage to do to make all this money with, if Facebook decided to take that away from me for some reason, and good Lord, they can make those decisions at any moment, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, totally. I will have spent all that time and energy on 10,000 fans for nothing. And it's and not. I read, yeah. And then I read, I can't remember the name of the guy who wrote it, but that one thing about a thousand true fans. Mm-hmm. Have you read that one? No, I haven't. So basically he was, he was talking to artists, but he was saying, Truly, you really only need a thousand fans, real fans, like people who love you and who get you and who would buy your thing over and over again, whatever. Well, it's, that is. it's kind of a, the similar approach to wouldn't you have or wouldn't you rather have, you know, a subscriber list of 2000 people who who open your emails, who read what you're doing, who engage with you than a list of 15,000 because you can go join exactly. a bunch of ad swaps, right? And do that. Yes. Now, here's something that's interesting. So when you're talking about the Facebook thing, because did I don't know if I said on the interview, but I'm at the Facebook mastermind I'm in, I'm using it for my business. And like, if I've got a webinar, okay, I'm going to target my audience to get attendees to the webinar, but it's, it's my business, right? And so there's a couple people in that are testing different models. And the difference is I have a business now. I have an audience, I have products and services So if I feel like playing and testing something to see if I can bring in additional passive income requires work and requires time, investment on money and time on my part. But Mm -hmm. if I want to play with that and test it, because I look at it, I'm like, well, that's going to help me, you know, kind of strengthen my ad skills. Because when it comes to copy, I just feel like, (laughs) like it's just my brain shuts off. So I'm like, I think I need to test the just be Kim (laughs) with with ad copy too, because that's who I am. But the thing is I'm playing with it, right? Because I can, because I'm not looking for this, this test over here to pay my mortgage. And and so that's where people need to get in the line. And had had somebody told me when I started this, you know, it's probably not going to be until you start, you enter into year six, that things are going to take off. I would have been like, go to hell. I don't want to talk to you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like made me, I would have gotten defensive and angry and it's like, it's all good. I have, I mean, by stepping out as myself and connecting and engaging, what is showing up in my life now is so in alignment with who I am internally. It's like, I, I'd have to consciously try to shut off what shows up simply because I, I, and it's sort of the whole Stephen Pressfield, right? The war of art show up and do the work every day, show up I mean, and do the work every day. It's yeah. not, it's not, 
as fancy and pretty and luxurious as, as people pan it out to be. I'm not on a beach. I'm in my office at home. The kids are home from school now. You know, it's like I got to tape a note on the door that says, shh, recording. Don't come in. Yeah. <laughs> That's my life. And it's cool. Well, I think what you're saying and what I'm saying is the same thing, which is really you have to you have to be willing to be open and experiment a and not, you know, kind of jump ahead to the future and say, oh, this thing is going to definitely be the thing that solves all my business problems. You have to be willing to play with it and see, you know, does it work the way that I want it to work? It worked for that person, but maybe it's going to work differently for me. So experiments are fabulous. And the more that we can experiment, I mean, you, you remember Prosperity's Kitchen was a huge ass experiment. And I loved it and I hated it and I would never do it again like that. But I learned a lot. I mean, I learned a lot about engagement with people and what causes people to follow through, which is what I needed to learn. I did the same thing with that movie. I'll tell you the time and the money spent on that. Mm -hmm. And it was like, when it was all done, I mean, that was three years ago, last fall. I have not watched it again since then. Because it took so much out of me and I approached it and not, I think I was hoping for a big payday, which tends to happen in internet marketing because you hear about these launches and stuff, but it, the whole process and everything I did, if, if I, I don't know that I would ever do a movie again, but if I did, I'll tell you what, the entire process would be different. The people that I talked to would be different and not that the people that I talked to weren't great. It would just it would have to be approached from a, this is going to be fun. And I want to share something with the world and I will let it evolve period. It has to be, yeah, it has to be something that comes from your heart that you would do and give away anyway. Like if you, if you were independently wealthy and you didn't have to worry about money, what would you choose to work on? Right. What would you choose to put out into the world? That's what you want to be doing. You want to be working on that stuff. And I'm, I'm kind of getting involved in this whole gift economy thing, which, you know, we can talk about that another time, but, but it is really coming from a place of trust and knowing that, um, we're all connected. And if I say to you, um, I'm willing to give you this as a gift and you can either choose to pay, you know, this is what my standard rate is. You can pay more, you can pay less, you can, um, pay nothing at all. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's what the gift economy is. It's so challenges our ideas about, um, being able to pay our bills, <laughs> right. And, and whether or not that will work. And so I'm playing with that. I've got an experiment of my own right now called Sunday brunch and you're in there and it's, you know, I, I invited everyone that's on my list to join for free, no mention of the gift economy at all. And then I put it out there to like people on Facebook and said, here it is. Come read, come read about it. And I got two gifts, you know, of over, you know, totaling over a hundred dollars within one weekend for just this small little conversation group. That is brilliant. I, 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 I haven't heard the term gift economy, so that's cool. And which I will definitely pick your brain more on that. And I've, I've heard stuff where people do it like a pay what you want kind of thing. Um, but the idea Just to me, gift economy, it hits at a soul level Mm -hmm. because it's, it's sort of the old school or, you know, the golden rule, you know, 
you put out, you're going to get what you put out. And, and not that that's why you're doing it, but I honestly think that there is this, if you've got something to put out to the world and I, this is going to be woo woo, but I, this, the day that I just detached from what showed up financially based on what I put out to the world, the money just flows into my life. And mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, staying at the Ritz on the weekend or anything, but it is alleviated concerns that I've had before. And it just inspires me for more. I, I've completely let it go. And it's like, if your goal is just to, to do your thing and, and put good things into the world. Um, I, I love this idea of the gift economy. We're going to have to do another recording because I think it's, <laughs> I, no, well, seriously, I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. And why on earth do you think Tom's shoes is doing what it's doing? Yeah, People are craving that at a different level. He's, I, they've completely shifted the for-profit model. They've yeah. blown it up in a way that, you know, it makes, it makes sort of, you know, the whole corporate thing, it makes them all look like idiots. It, 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 <laughs> right. It's like, well, why are you giving? Yeah, it is. And it's, those are the things that I think we need to do more of. We need to do more experiments. You know, we need to play more with everything and not go, oh, well, this is the way it's always been done. And that's kind of what happens, you know, especially with Internet marketing. There's a lot, like we said, there's all these blueprints that this is what works. And yes, sometimes those things do work, but not all the time. And you have to be willing to do the homework, to do your due diligence, to actually do the work, whatever it is that you're buying. You have to actually do some heavy lifting, too. And, and that's where I think people get, oh, well, I didn't know I had to do all that. Yeah. Completely. There's this, <laughs> there's this perception that, well, it's an internet business. It's not supposed to be work, right? Like, yeah, you just magically make your computer into an ATM and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And it's like, uh, no, I show, I, I consciously had to, I have, you know, an office in my house and it was like, I, I, desktop and a laptop. And I'm like, even I think I'm going to shift just to the laptop, but I'm still going to take it and hook it up to the desk with the monitor so that I can sit at the desk because I know for myself, you know, there's a structure and a, um, there's just showing up and doing the work, just get out of your head, show up and do the work. And whatever that looks like some, you know, it's like, there's so many tools and resources. It's like, I love technology, but every friggin' day, my yellow legal pad, to do's, right? I still do it. I'm somebody that I I remember things better when I write them. So I do those things, but it's just like, it's that trusting yourself. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Like you totally like, I'm so excited about this gift economy thing. (laughs) We'll see. And that's, you know, that's the other thing I was writing earlier today. I'm like, what is that thing in your business that, that where you were saying like you would do it and not get paid for it. For me, it's, it's, it's like, what makes you feel like a little kid on Christmas morning, right? That pure joy that strip away like you were saying some people like well this is professional and I can't do this it's like oh but you can because people want they love that I I am very self-deprecating with my humor but I'm I amuse myself and so I'm gonna have fun with that and people are like thank you for being real right so it's that what is that joy that piece of your thing that you bring to the world oh my god I love it yeah now my mind's spinning that we want to like totally throw out you know some solid common sense things about pricing and, you know, getting paid on time and paying your bills, but. And getting paid with your worth too. Yeah. I I think there's a, there's a balance there for sure of, of the old and the new. So. And the point to, you know, with, with, with the gift economy and with 
the testing of things, this is where I, I do think that it's important to establish some structure for yourself, whatever that looks like, but by setting a business foundation for yourself, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the old saying, you're not going to build a house without a foundation. So the testing and the tweaking, you, you test at a level. So if it's your first year in business, maybe you want to test a pay what you can with a starting point of $5 or something, because you know, you're not bringing in the income just yet to quit your job or whatever that looks like. Right. Um, but, but I think it's, I don't know. It's it's kind of just showing up and doing the work, I think, is where all of this kind of gets, I don't know, the smoke and mirrors goes away. You get some clarity. Yeah. Well, it, it's definitely, I mean, I think everything kind of depends on the trust that you have with people where you're you're exchanging money. So even if it's pay what you can or pay what you will or gift economy or whatever, like if I just came across some random person's website and they were doing pay what you can or pay what you will, and I didn't know anything about them, I still might not, in, you know, engage or, or invest with that because I have no level of trust there. I have, I don't know them. I don't know if I like them or I agree with them or any of that. So I think those things really work well when you have relationships in place already. And if people would just focus more on connecting with human beings, <laughs> It would be so much better for their business, which oh. is why I'm in Portland because I wanted to connect with some human beings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's Just so funny. Well, you know what I don't do? It's funny because this year I was like, all right, besides um, this upcoming trip, I'm like, I want to get to three or four events this year because I didn't last year. And it, it's not – I'm going to be very selective like the the event next week. It, it's a no pitch. There's no – it's tactical – it's strategies, it's teaching, that kind of stuff, because that, that I know that's what I need right now. Yeah. Um, I'm not interested in, in going and hearing 12 people pitch me from the stage. But, you know, so much like I had to weigh for myself, New Media Expo just happened. And I've always wanted to go to that. And then I've got this other trip. And I'm like, what do I need in my business now? And I know that a lot of the magic is going to occur outside of the, the events. It's the, it's going to be the relationships and connecting and meeting with like-minded people. So, you know, it's, it's not that I'm anti-travel, but sometimes it feels like a lot of work. You know, it's like, it's just me. I got to get someone to watch the kids. Okay. What's going to cost? It's like, you need to go do this. Get out of the friggin' house. <laughs> okay. We'll save the date because July 19th and 20th, I'm going to have an event here in Portland. Get out. <laughs> that rocks. Okay. Yeah. So God. I'm, I'm, getting the contract from the from the the uh, event place here in the next week or so so it's definitely happening holy moly okay and so listeners you will be hearing more about that i will t- because i am i'm so hitting it trip. <laughs> and you get you can have company if you'd like <laughs> yes i would love to put you up here and also you know it's going to be a small event i'm not like going to have more than 50 people so okay well i'm there for sure Okay. I have awesome. no other plans. Um, okay. So if you just tell us a little bit then while we wrap up, you know, what's coming this year for the story bistro and for Taya, like what's, so you've got this event, but anything else you want to share with our listeners? Well, I'm really trying to, to, like I said, focus on the storytelling. So, um, without, you know, throwing out the whole baby with the bathwater, instead of helping my clients with a marketing plan, we're now working on a story plan. So if you think about your your business as a story, 
um, your client is the hero of the story. They're the person that is out there that you're, you as the mentor are going to help. And, and in terms of finding the magic, making the magic, whatever that is, there are villains, there are, you know, whether you want to call them competitors or you want to call them psychological barriers, <laughs> there are things and there are people out there that are keeping your hero from getting what he or she wants. And there's, there's a whole landscape that your hero and your story exists in. And that's your, your marketplace. That's, you know, knowing who's out there, who are the other characters in your story. There's, um, when you, when you are writing a story as a novelist, usually you kind of outline, okay, this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And that's really your, what we would call traditionally your sales funnel. How is this person going to come into contact with you? What's going to happen first? What's going to happen second? What's going to happen third? My brain is spinning. I just keep go ahead. I yeah, love it. no, it's yeah, brilliant. So, I love it. It makes me feel like like just a little kid with crayons, and it's like this whole fun, like this creative bent on on running a business that speaks to your heart, but really doing it with structure. Totally. Yeah. So my plan is to take that, that I've come up with and put it into a book. So I've got, you know, I've got this, the origin story sessions kind of thing where it's just to find the secret sauce, which really goes into knowing who you are as the mentor of the story, Mm -hmm. understanding, you know, what your superpowers are, how you're going to, um, because you have to first be a hero before you can be a mentor. Um, there's all of that stuff that has to be in there. And then there's going to be the, the how do you put this all together in a marketing plan kind of way, including, you know, the prosperity piece of how do we make this a prosperous story, a story of, of ha- with a happy ending <laughs> and and multiple sequels or whatever, you know, you want it to call it. So um, that's the plan is to write the book, to have the in-person event and to really just keep building um, story bistro stuff. So the thing that's unique about story bistro is I'm, I've got these characters on the website. If you go to, um, the front page, the home page and scroll down a little bit, you'll see there, there's characters there. There's me and they're all caricatures, right? They've been drawn. So there's me as the chef. There's the waitress. There's the business manager. There's the bartender. <laughs> You know, there's all these people that exist in the Story Bistro to kind of help um, those who show up. And even though most of them are fictional, you know, like I'm the one who will be writing all of the content, I'm hoping that eventually they will be real people. So, that is super fun. Yeah. I just I'm love happy. it because it's it's pulling in, I, like I said, it's just pulling in this heart piece with, with a tangible business. And I think to, you know, and I know it's so overused, but the authentic, you know, the authentic piece of showing up and transparency and stuff. It's, it's a fun way to, to navigate that for lack of a better explanation is that, you know, because people, I mean, why do you think audiobooks exist? Right. I mean, in terms of novels, I, I, I tell you, I remember listening to the Da Vinci code unabridged when I was commuting and I did not want to get out of the car. Why I love, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, but it is, it's like, it's why I love listening to other podcasts because I like hearing the story behind the person and it makes me relate to them or it makes me want to support yes. them more. It makes me want to champion them because it's like, Oh my God, I didn't know you went through that. Or that is so cool. Or I love the spin, whatever it is. Um, you know, I, I think that story piece is just, 
it makes, it connects us. It, it simply connects us. Well, and that reminded me, I am working on launching a new podcast, so I will have to have you on my podcast. <laughs> but, but basically what I want to do with that is become like the, um, this American life kind of podcast for, you know, solo biz owners. Love so it. We'll, we'll tell stories, um, about what's going on in the world and have people on and interview them. So. Oh my God, that is brilliant. I love it. Clearly, I'm a little obsessed with podcasting. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because I like to talk or what, but I'm like, it is fun. And it is probably the best thing I did for my business last year. So I'm an advocate. Well, thank you so much. Oh, before we go, though, can you share something fun about yourself that most people probably don't know? <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, we had talked about this before. Most of what is out there right now recently, you know, is, is kind of, I am who I am. So there's not a lot that people don't know, but, um, in the past, most people don't realize my name used to be Christina Pettengill. So I changed my name in college and, um, and that was a little rebranding thing. Most people don't know that about me. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. See, (laughs) so um, it was really a culmination of me taking a lot of women's studies classes. <laughs> and also, um, I was newly divorced. So it was like, okay, I, am I going to keep my last name, which was Parker at that point? Or am I going to go back to this other name that mm-hmm. I hated my whole life for so many reasons, I can't even tell you. Um, the, not the least of which is that it was really a name that kind of got pulled out of my grandmother's ass. <laughs> last minute because my parents did not think they were having a girl but um <laughs> yeah right. so try, try I, I made mean, name like mutter so <laughs> although i was i was kind of sad to see it go there's not a lot of mutters but go ahead mutter, i don't know if mutters yeah mutters probably on on par with pet and gal <laughs> um so i decided to change my last name obviously and then i figured well if i'm going to change my last name and go through that whole rigmarole then i'm going to change my first name too and so when, you know, part of my cultural heritage is, is Spanish, I went through the Spanish dictionary and was really like, well, what is it that I want to be my name? So Taya is Spanish for torchlight. Oh my gosh. Okay. Love it. And my middle name is still the same. It, it used to be Louise. My middle name is now Luisa for my grandmother. And then my new last name was Dalalma Silvestre, which means of the wild soul. So um, if you just drop Louisa, it's torchlight of the wild soul. Okay, that is brilliant. Totally did not know that about you. <laughs> That's cool. What is your family? So your family was like, okay, you're Taya. Well, they thought I was crazy. You know, <laughs> my family is, I don't know how I landed in my family, but my family is a mostly Mormon mostly left brain engineer types, science. And here comes me with this crazy, you know, I was always an artist, the poet, the whatever. I totally, you know, got excommunicated from the church and did all these things. And um, for even a good decade of my life, lived as a lesbian. So there are things that <laughs> my family has often, this is, changing my name was probably a good thing for them because they felt like they didn't have to identify with me anymore. But <laughs> yeah, you're so funny. No, that's, I was thinking, my therapist said to me the other day, she's like, you're a fringe dweller, right? Because it's like, I just don't want to be told I have to do anything. And 
compared to you, I'm much more traditional. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but but truly, like you know, and, and I don't know, more similar along the lines of my family, but definitely the only person in in my family and it, my friends. I mean, I'm born and raised in the Bay Area. Nobody else says, hey, I got to go do my own thing, you know, so no matter what that thing is, you know, us fringe dwellers got to stick together. Yes, I'm definitely a fringe dweller. (laughs) And you've always been courageous. I think it's brilliant. (laughs) Well, you know, Portland is where my people are. And I think you would like it here, too. (laughs) Well, good. I'll I'll make it an extended stay. So just know that you'll have a visitor for about a week. (laughs) Right on. Okay. Thank you so much, Taya. This was a blast as always, but I'm excited to to share Story Bistro with the world. Well, you'll have to edit it down a lot, I'm sure, but I <laughs> really enjoyed it too. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>